0: Welcome to the Tingle Zone. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle. Today we're talking to Rick Courtney from Be More Social and Rick runs a social media company working with people with very much hands-on approach and help to get their message out through social media platforms, podcasts. In fact, he's helping me to deliver this podcast himself and help me with my social media skills. And Rick's got a really interesting journey through business. Uh, He's had a number of ups and downs. And if you are a startup or if you're having some difficulties in getting your business to where it wants to be, there's some really great tidbits in here that I think you'll be able to take away. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I shall now hand over to Rick.
1: Well, my name is Rick. Uh, I have a company called Be More Social. And we we help SMEs understand uh, what makes social tick. How to make it work um, and how to create content that is generally probably more interesting than what you would be used to broadcasting.
0: Brilliant. Okay, so it would be useful just to sort of understand what your journey is Mm -hmm. in in business terms to start off with, what's got you to this point here now?
1: Well, um, I always knew what I wanted to be, Uh, I wanted to be a designer of sorts. that's a broad concept. <laughs> it is very broad, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was that broad as well when I was younger. It was like, do I want to be an architect? Do I want to be a technical illustrator? Do I want to be, you know, and, and I finally decided that I wanted to be a graphic designer. Um, so I went to college. Uh, I did a, a BTEC NASA diploma, h and in advertising, and pretty much, as soon as I left college, went to London, uh, I did the, the whole Saatchi thing, and wanted to be <laughs> you said yes as
0: everybody does the whole Sachi thing
1: <laughs> I th- well I thought they did at that point you know what I mean I thought everybody's going down there me too because I think that's what we was bred when when we, we did the h and in, in advertising the two lecturers they were quite influential of their time mm. so they're like yeah you want to be in London and a lot of the people that I went to college with all went to London uh, we realised that we were just completely taken advantage of mm. if, I, if I'm honest with you I think it was on like nine grand a year. Peanuts. Uh unless this was in Sarches then No when? Oh when? Oh goodness me. This was back in ninety nine, two thousand. And you're nine grand then, believe me. Oh it was good then, do you know what I mean? It was <laughs> it wasn't good then. It was hard. Yeah. It was very difficult. When I came back to Doncaster, I got a job in Sheffield at thirty three <laughs> Because of my background, yeah, because yeah. of the C V and all that kind of stuff. So it was like you know, London it doesn't deliver you the money. What it delivers you is is maybe the opportunity in the in the grandeur. But coming back here, literally three times the wage I was on in, in London, and then like three times less the amount it costs to live in London. Yeah. I bought my first house when I was twenty. You know, and um, I I then very very quickly decided that I want to work for myself. You know, I'd only been working two years, uh, had two years experience in terms of. Uh, working in the industry but realised actually it's all in my head. Everything that I needed to do or wanted to do was kind of in my head and I wanted to be not an entrepreneur but I just wanted to be um, working for myself and able to earn my own money.
0: Had you always, As a youngster, do you always been someone that sort of looked for ways of making money and doing things or was that just...
1: Yeah, interesting question. Yeah,
0: when I was like
1: 11 maybe, between the age of 9 and 11, Bross was massive at one point point. Um, and back in that day uh, you were able to go to the shop and buy fags for your dad and your mum, uh, you are able to buy uh, beer, uh, and we used to, my dad used to send me a, a little note and says, nip down to Mix, which was the corner shop then, uh, and, and give him this note, we want it on tick. So Mick, he used to give me four bottles of Grolsch and a packet of fags, and the deal was that I would be able to nick a couple of packets and a couple of fags so that I can sell them at school. So I sold the fags at school, and I also nicked the bottle tops off the Grolsch bottles because Brosh used to wear them on their shoes. He did, yes. Yeah, so I, I used to sell them at school as well, and that's what I, that's what I did. Uh, and then I got a job. I, th- I thought I was. Well, I was eight or nine at that age uh, then, uh, and then when, when I was thirteen, I had a milk round, so I used to get up at five o'clock and just do the milk round um, round my area at that time, and I did that right up until
0: leaving school. I don't know how much money you generated from these things, but what was what were you using the money for? I would just use the money for
1: sweets at that time. You know, it wasn't it wasn't anything special. Uh, the milk round. Uh, we used to have this thing whereas uh, every other day I'd have to buy breakfast in his milk round um because it the, the richard the guy who whose milk round it was had another young lad uh, And we just ended up used to spending his money on breakfast <laughs> you know it was, it was it was just it didn't make sense to even have the milk round um I only used to earn twelve pounds a week, but it, you know I felt accomplished and I enjoyed it, and I felt like my own little little man, i suppose really.
0: Okay, just a little diversion. So, uh, okay, so you back up your in Doncaster area, earning thirty three now. decided to go on your own yep. path. Um, what was the decision point which made you go? That's it. I'm off.
1: Well, because uh, that's
0: always an interesting time. That kind of think you want to go, but then actually going, and then yeah.
1: I always thought it. I, I wanted to be self employed, and I purposefully took myself through various ranks. So the companies that I worked for, I wanted to start at the bottom, you know, and then work my way up to the top, so that when I I left, they knew that I would left. That was my sort of ethos. Um, And I wanted to experience every aspect of any business that I worked in so that I can eventually work for myself. But the thing that pushed me over the edge was I, I, my Nan died, basically. She died at 66, um, and I, I just wanted the day off. I mean, I worked from seven in the morning till seven in the evening for this particular company. Um, uh, You know, I was the art worker and the designer there. All the BDMs used to bring their work to me because we got it done. Rick just got it done. And we're kind of known for that, like, oh, just give it Rick. If if you're in a rush, as clients always are, give it Rick, you'll get it out, and away we'll go. So I thought that I'd earned a degree of right to have that day off. Uh, And what had happened was the the boss is like, if you come in in the afternoon, got a rush job on. What time's the funeral? And I'm like, well, it's, it's at half nine in the morning. So there's plenty of time to come in. And I'm like, not really. My mom, I was close to my nan. My mum was ridiculously close to my nan because bear in mind, we lived in London. Uh, and I came up to Doncaster when I was 14. Uh, and they, they were, my mum come to Doncaster for that reason, because my nan was here. Uh, and I did come to work that day. Like I, I, I was asked to do I did the work but the next day I just handed my notice noticing yeah. and just said you know I wanted I wanted I wanted to do my own thing and I kind of the lack of appreciation has kind of pushed me over the edge I miss it I will miss everybody here I enjoyed working here but I didn't expect that mm. and it took me by surprise uh, and I left and they, they kept me busy, actually, for the first two years of my...
0: Oh, they kept putting stuff your way? Always put stuff my way, yeah. So, so were you expecting that? No. When you handed your notice in? so no. What was going through your mind? What were your expectations of stepping out at that point? Good question.
1: Uh, I didn't have any expectations, if I'm honest with you. Or always fears, be- for that matter. Yeah, yeah. fears. I, I, I think that the, the fact that that happened drove me without fear. To a degree, and I didn't have chance or opportunity for fear to set in because I was earning more money, actually working as third party. So I didn't have that opportunity for it, that fear to actually kick in.
0: So that that, so that third party bit stepped up straight away. So instantly, as you handed you notice it's like <laughs> as okay, had, and here's a contract. <laughs> the next day,
1: pretty much, yeah, the next day, the next day, it kind of happened for me. Uh, I got a phone call uh, from from the uh, production manager, says. Um, have you really have you fallen out with us completely? I am like no, like I said in my letter, it is with great re- regret. He says you won't mind doing this job, then would you? Uh, we're just in a little bit of a bind. I am like no problem at all. Here is my day rate. This is what I want, and uh, we had a, a pretty. I mean, I, I used to work two days a week there, and then the same money I would get as on a weekly, which at that time was okay for me. Mm. Yeah, nicely balanced.
0: So, uh, so what were you actually set up for doing? Just carry on, but just being a graphic designer, but just freelance
1: at that time. Just a just a graphic designer, um, uh, but freelance. Very, very quickly, freelance took over. I mean, it would have been nice to be a graphic designer because you get a day rate, you can you can build uh, a relationship with clients directly. Um, but the freelance route, working in house, two or three days a week, very very quickly grew into. Working for some of the leading agencies in the area, um, and I were very busy.
0: Okay. One
1: well, next. Well, uh, that that went well for many many years, and then there was a a, a recession that hit.
0: Oh, really, I didn't hear about that.
1: Yeah, apparently it came on us pretty quickly, <laughs> because all of a sudden the phone stopped ringing. You thought they would talk about it more these days? You, wouldn't you? would, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. All of a sudden, bang. Really. It all went in the house, everything. You know, as a freelancer, you were getting £275 a day. The, and, and I never understood why they were giving us that kind of money when their incumbent like team were getting that a week maybe, or probably more than that if I'm honest with you, you know, 500 quid a week or whatever it might be. But they'd give us creatives this kind of money a day. And I kind of expected it sooner. Um, but no, as soon as it became official, the phone stopped ringing, Companies started flipping, uh, and I expected, okay, then as soon as they've sorted, they cleared their their decks, we'd be back in freelance mode again. No, it was a good eighteen months before mm. anybody was brave enough to get any uh, freelancers in.
0: So it sounds like there's a little period we're in the sort of the, the denial phase. Yes, you're saying it's going to come back, and it'll be yeah. fine. it will be fine. I'll be fine. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And at well, that time, I had another little business as well. As you do. As you do. Uh, I, I I work. I I I'd given me mum. A little bit of a, a, a side job. Uh, I was, uh, had a little stall in, in the shopping centre, local shopping centre, the French Gate Centre, uh, selling canvas art uh, because it kind of suited what I did. Um, and that got hit by the recession as well. In, in, in Woolworths went bust. Uh, and that was our main thoroughfare uh, of traffic for our, that particular business. And we lost that thoroughfare. And I lost that business pretty much at the same time. And I just assumed everything would pick back up. I stuck at it at the French Gate Centre thinking, well freelance has gone. Maybe this this unit, this centre, would get another client in, um, because it's a it's a big estate to, to not have and they didn't fill it for a good two years. Hmm. So I, I had to I had to close that down as well.
0: Hmm. So with the, with the graphic design bit when you say obviously the point where the penny dropped and it had gone what was the point where you went "Eh, it's not coming back when the phone, uh well because you're in that period of denial yeah and you think it'll come back it'll come back it'll come back but at some point clearly it didn't so what was that
1: Uh, it was a good three months it was a good three months when when uh, the money had run out and literally the mortgage wasn't getting paid that's when it kind of kicked in, thinking I'm going to have to get a job. And then I tried to get a job and nobody would give me a job because nobody was employing at that moment in time. Plus I'd worked for myself for quite a few years by that time as well. So I don't think people trusted the fact that you were committed. Uh, they just assumed that because it was a recession and you lost your work, you are going to be off as mm. soon as it picked up again. Um, so Probably quite rightly, in fact. <laughs> probably, it was at that time. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm getting ridiculous offers. You know, my... The offers that I was getting, it, it probably only just cleared my mortgage, hmm. it didn't feed me or give me anything else, it just literally cleared the mortgage at that point, uh, so it wasn't healthy. Um, so I signed on, I had to go unemployed, which is a, a very dark time for me particularly, never been out of work, and I had to sign on for like 18 months. Hmm. What did that mean to you then? I hated it. Absolutely, I can't begin to tell you how ashamed I felt. Um, how I, I just didn't cope very well with it at all. Just, it was, it was dark. At that time, my mum and dad were, was ill particularly. You know, we found out soon after uh, Gallery Lane had closed, the shop at the, at the French Gate Centre, that she were poorly and it was terminal. So all of that sort of kind of impacted pretty much at the same time. So that period was pretty naff. Um, like I say, I didn't feel particularly proud of myself at all. Not that I could do anything about it. I mean, when I say I applied for some jobs, I applied in many, many, many different ways. I tried creative ways, um, you know, literally putting packs together, pizza boxes together, invites for uh, sharing a pizza over a meeting and a meet-up for for me to have an opportunity to come and work within their business, their agency. Um, Picked up scraps, but yeah, very little. Nothing to pay the
0: bills. Mm and what's your family situation are you married or, or married you, yeah I, I, I was
1: i was still with that uh, i wasn't married at that time um you know married now obviously uh but yeah she was certainly is was fiance at that point and we had uh, two kids two boys uh, and it was tough very tough what was she doing what was, that? Was, she, was she working She, she was, was no she was looking after the uh, after so she, the kids she, she, and, and I was just like out trying to find work literally on the streets mm. knocking on doors uh, trying to find um, but, but work within my sector. Um, you when you kind of sign on people, they, they ask you do um, do you, uh, you want to do anything else? No and when you say that they, they work with you for a certain period of time. But then they start saying, well, actually, maybe it's not working for you. You know, you should try this, you should try that. And you get sent courses, and you have to do all these other various things. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a snob by any means, but, like, you know, when you're walking past the queues up to go and sign on, and people are flicking fags at you and spitting at you and calling your names and all that kind of stuff, it just makes you feel worse, you know, because, obviously, you know... Um, the, the the life of a of a freelance graphic designer looked after you mm. you know i couldn't necessarily overly dress down because i were going to an appointment that was my mindset then i'm going to an appointment i'm going to speak to somebody professionally i don't know i didn't get dressed up in a suit but i certainly didn't dress down for the occasion i wanted people to know i was a professional and that i had pride and that i was trying um, but it didn't go down well particularly in that queue at all
0: mm. I mean, was before the the crash happened, and you know, in the good days, mm. obviously you you, you you you've been earning a lot of money, and bills have gone down. But obviously, kids come along, so that puts it up again. But has the house been growing? Where's the money been going? Has it been just been spending? Has it been investing into the property? What's where would you say the cash went in that time? Bit of everything, really.
1: Um, I mean, we you live to your means. It's what we did at that time. We definitely lived to as means. We went on pretty nice holidays. The, the kids never went without. Um, and, and all the bills was covered. Um, and, and like I say, yeah, we just lived to the means. We didn't put anything by. Mm. Uh, certainly not much. Only enough for the three months, like I say, that the, the, the money soon run out. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't put anything by. We completely lived to as means. We've grown from that as well as a result. In what way? We don't spend unnecessarily, you know? It's kind of, a, it's been a, a lesson that I will never forget. Um, you know, whereas before we did, you know, we were always, uh, we was always at Meadow Hall. Every night, pretty much, the kids would eat there, you know, we'd, 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 we'd treat them, we'd spoil them, basically. Um, the house was spoiled, we were spoiled, uh, and it was just one of those things that um, we continued to do for, until it ran out and I can't you know that was just us they used to our family used to joke saying we need to get you a bloody apartment at Meadowall you know we were just there literally every every night it was crazy ridiculous
0: so at this point now when you say you've you've changed differently are you because it's hard to get that balance right between over protectiveness because when you have something like that happening it can swing you the other way it's like right that's it don't spend anything we don't have to put everything into savings and all that kind of thing and then you end up resenting what's going on Versus obviously the the flip side or the other side of the spectrum where everything's sort of like yeah let's just spend mm. think live for today and live like it's uh, the last day of your life and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which always sounds so amusing when you, <laughs> when, you <see> it, yeah. <laughs> when you hear that phrase and uh, actually sort of almost experienced it. But where would you say you are now? Have you got a balance or got a balance. To, yeah
1: yeah I still live like it's my last day on planet Earth because of my experiences that I've had. You know losing people that I love dearly. I don't I don't want to leave this planet and not experience life and not enjoy the fruits of my labor absolutely not um however it's unnecessary spend like well oh, i don't like that t-shirt i ain't gonna wear it ever again i'll uh, because i'm not gonna wear that one i'm gonna buy another one you know it's just or i like that t-shirt i might buy two of them because i might spill something on this one mm. while i'm away on holiday and you know those are excesses excesses don't happen
0: mm. So those excesses are, you know, good examples of where it's obvious. How do you know where the borderline is? I still don't think I
1: do, if I'm honest with you. Um, I know I say that I've learned a, a lot. It feels right. What The way we live now feels correct. Whereas, um, you know, it's, it's like um, we find it easier to say no to the kids now if they want something that is... Not necessary or needed, or if it's something that extra that they want. Whereas it was always yes, yes, yes. What do you want? Yes. Do you, it, it, I'd even get to a point where I'd ask them, "Are you sure you don't want anything today?" You know that does not happen. <laughs> you know if they want more, it's like, "No." Do you understand the true value of money, where it comes from, and how hard Dad has to work to earn it? We that's how I know that we we're differently. Uh, we work different. Uh, you know, generosity as well. Back in the day was to an excess. Whereas I'd be like. I'll be at the bar and no, 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 let me get that. And I'll be, I'll be the one throwing. I'm like, no, no, put your money away, put your money away. I'll let people buy me a drink now. You know, I, I you know, I have to take a step back out. You know, if we were out, I'll, I'm buying. Now it's, it's not like that at all. It's, it's kind of a, there is a, an understanding, I think.
0: If you'd been behaving like this and had this structure in place back in 2005, six, seven, so forth Mm -hmm. things would have been different come 2008 how different do you think it would have been
1: I think there'd be more money um, put uh, into some kind of storage for sure Um, but I don't foresee that there'd been no major play, I would have eventually run out of money and would have eventually had to sign on I love what I do, Um, and if there is absolutely no option for me to go and do anything else, I would empty bins for a living, 100%. I'm not afraid of hard work, but I absolutely love what I do, and if you remove that part of me, you remove a lot of who I am, and I would be as stubborn as I am, or, or as I was then, I'm not doing anything else apart from creative industry. Sorry, it took me 18 months, nearly two years, to find that opportunity again, but I was doing nothing but being in the industry I studied for and that I've given so much to. Mm. So maybe I would not have suffered as long because there'd be more um, money saved, but that would have eventually gone and I would have actually found myself in that awkward position again, signing Mm. on.
0: So putting things away can create a buffer for so long, but ultimately it's it's only going to be a temporary... Thing, if serious stuff happens and and ha- for you during that period also it came back out in some way shape or form but how close did you get to absolute bottom or did you we didn't get to bottom we got as bottom as you could get literally uh,
1: you know there'd be days where we wouldn't eat you know um, we, were, we were lucky if we had beans and toast the kids was always alright um, but yeah we'd be lucky um, the at that point in our lives the the government were paying for the interest of our mortgage because that's that's what they did then Um, you know so it was for me as low as I could go as low as I could go I couldn't go any lower than that Um, and it was yeah pretty shit time what was the impact surprisingly enough on the relationship it it was okay you know there was the typical um, husband and wife arguments um, you know as I would I think the typical anyway um, but we are still here we're still together you know there'd be daft arguments when the pressure was on um, you know you should look to do something else and you know because I was that stubborn I wanted to stay in this industry that had actually looked after us mm. mm. you know give me 18 months out of the first X amount of years of eight, eight years or more or whatever it was of our lives together you're gonna give me 18 months to sort myself out that's fair Um, so that industry has always looked after us I will look for something if I genuinely felt I couldn't get us out of this hole Um, and you know so those kind of arguments did set in but in terms of a a relationship we were always pretty strong Um, you know even even today we're really really strong like you know it's not been a it's not been a a, like a a hockey stick curve to 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 rise it's been a rocky road to get to where we are
0: today very rocky Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and how about you personally just in yourself during that time during that time
1: it was it, I, I don't know I, maybe complete denial of everything that was going on around me uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know I don't know because I don't know many people coming to coming to Doncaster when you're 14 years old you don't go through a degree of rankings you don't go through first school, middle school you go straight to big school so in big school, what you tend to find is everybody's got their mates. So you don't actually have that person to speak to. I suppose you mm. know what I mean. That people that may have come up in the ranks, experienced similar the same thing as you. you, you kind of have acquaintances really. So there's no one really to speak to. So I, I just talk to myself, just bottle it up, mm. and deal with everything. Uh, myself because again I want to protect my wife I don't want to tell her what really is the true thing that's going off I don't want to really tell her exactly how I feel today because I don't want her to worry because she's got two kids she's got her own stuff to manage how to look after that kind of stuff so I don't want to have any impact on her so yeah I just dealt with it everything myself I didn't really give it any thought of how it might impact me I don't think it has I don't think. Um, it's not to do with any I don't think it's to do with anything special thinking that one day it's going to be okay or me blindly sticking my finger in the air. And luckily it worked out all right. I just thought, yeah, I'm not stupid. I'm pretty sure I could put one foot in front of the other tomorrow and get a step closer
0: to where we need to be and fix things. Because one of the questions I was is how you got through it. So it sounds like it's ultimately confidence in yourself that you know you're in the right space doing the right thing and you can yes yes. it'll I, come back I think so yes my
1: yes I think so I think so at that time you've got everybody telling you you're an idiot you know again plenty of support coming from my wife but yet she told me enough times that you're an idiot you know uh, her family said you're an idiot what are you doing get a job you know I've, I've got a mate here who can do this that and the other I'm like honestly we'll, we'll be we'll be fine I need to sort it out for myself I don't want to just do anything um, and then obviously, mum and dad particularly couldn't give me too much pressure because they had their own stuff to deal with at that time, uh, and so I I didn't want to let them know just exactly how hmm. how bad it got. You know what I mean? They knew. They'd give me the like, twenty quid here and there whenever they could, but again, because their position, they couldn't work either. Hmm. Um, so it's like it was just one of those like best left unsaid moments, I think.
0: Certainly, with the people within, yeah, and yeah. the close, because everyone's dealing with their own yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And how did you come out of it? I think just the tap just came opened up again. Is that essentially it, or um, did you do something different?
1: How did I do? How did I come out of it? I think what I realised is when when I realised my mum was terminal, uh, and and the fact that it was I was struggling to get work, I decided that uh, there's got to be a silver lining. And if I'm going to make a shift, I'm going to become an expert in something. When you're a designer, you design websites, brochures, business cards, leaflets, this, that, and the other. Uh, and what I decided to do was have a niche. And I, I, I was at Western Park one day, and I'm sat there swinging, sitting in the restaurant, the cafe area. Mum was having chemo, and I and I noticed uh, that this kid, Mark Zuckerberg, was on telly talking to the BBC. Yeah, we were. You know, 150 million subscribers, we're doing really, really well. I'm thinking that's the future of marketing there. Right there, that is the future of marketing. The internet's massive. We didn't have smartphones or anything like that, but I just thought the internet's huge. We don't even know where it could go. We don't even know you know where it could be. I understood way back before we even had the internet that things like the ISDN line was used quite heavily you know, for us to transfer files to a printer's or transfer files to somewhere else. So I understood a degree of the, the scale it could get to um, and just made the decision to become a, an expert in digital media. And again, was massively criticized for many, many years. Even when Facebook got to 565 million people, they were like, it's a fad, it's not gonna go anywhere. Like if you don't know just the importance, like how much is it for a TV ad or a press ad or a or a, or, a, or a radio ad these days? It's really expensive. But if we can communicate, me send a message to you, that is free. So it, it could be really, really big. I'm going to stick with it. I'm just glad I did.
0: Mm. So how long did it take for you to actually start <laughs> making money? should we say? Wow. Um,
1: uh, goodness me. Good three years. And in that time, are you doing other stuff as well to get the, or where's the money coming from? trying to. I was trying to do other stuff. I was doing little bits of websites, uh, little bits of uh, graphic work here, there, and everywhere. Um, Throughout that period, you know, uh, I'd I'd signed off because I'd set my own company up, but then got working tax credit and getting support that way. Um, So, you know, eventually weaned myself off of that kind of stuff. Um, And then... um, such a morbid story but it's just the way it all come about what i found is that like i sometimes procrastinate a bit or used to um and obviously my mom was ill she passed away during that period we realized that my dad was ill as well three months before my mom passed my dad we found out that he had stomach cancer but because we were tending to mom It it was operable, but it'd grown from his stomach up into his throat, uh, and just the the operation would kill him, not the cancer. So they just had to make him comfortable. So, what um, throughout that period, I was talking about becoming a social media expert and being the big I am in this field. And dad's like, We'll we'll do it, stop messing about, son, and do it. Well, I need to ring these people. So, I used to go and see him every day for my cup of tea. Uh, make sure he's alright he's like how many people did you ring yesterday well um, he's like son all I want to do is know you're alright he says and then I can go mm. <laughs> ok fair enough and and and, and it, it was like he got to the 18th of December I can't remember what year it is that's really awful really bad um, 6 years ago it was and uh, he's like I'm tired I don't want to ruin your Christmas but I need, to, I need to let go, do you mind? I says, dad, I would much rather, I'd be happier knowing that you're not suffering and you just, you know, do what you need to do. Because it was difficult walking in, because he wasn't particularly re- religious, but he used to have the last rites read to him every bloody day. And I used to walk into that, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm out, I'm done. So uh, I used to, so, so on the 18th, he, he, he said that to me. And I said, you'll be good to know though, I've got a meeting um, with uh, a major uh, carpet company tomorrow morning at 9.30. He, say, he says, right then. He says, you tell them exactly how it is, exactly why they need you, and exactly why social media is the next big thing. All this stuff you're telling me, you tell them. So I'm like, I will, no problem at all. And then he got to around, uh, well, it just gone midnight on the 19th, and we got called into the hospital. I said, look, it's not looking good. So I'm like, okay, no problem. So went and sat by his bed, and it, it passed by seven o'clock that morning. I'm like, it oh, had gone not knowing mm. what the potential could be. So I thought, maybe I ought to cancel this meeting and, uh, and, and remake it, but something just said, look, hmm. you would be massively disrespecting your dad's wishes if you did that. So I went, maybe angrily, frustrated in myself, because I procrastinated, and uh, I had the meeting and won the contract that same day. So it was, it was, it was a bittersweet maybe, mm. if that's the right thing to say. Um, but yeah, I got it, I got the job, and that job eventually turned into um, where it went from the first. The first invoice was seven and a half grand a month from nothing to seven and a half grand a month overnight. Then to fifteen thousand pound a month for a good three years. Mm. We've got Meadow Hall as well as a client and all sorts of other different things, you know, good positivity things happen from that.
0: Because there's a, there's a lot of uh, research and stuff that talk, talks about post-traumatic growth. Mm. We've looked into that at all, but I know I just... Uh, similar experience, nowhere near as timed the way yours was, but when my dad passed, uh, the six months or so after that were the best six months I'd had ever <laughs> yeah. had since, since starting, basically. Yeah. And... Nothing consciously changed, Mm. but I think there's just that something inside that makes you get closer to what's real and what's important. And as you sort of said, it's sort of... Unless you're a Buddhist, we're only here once. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, It's it's hard to... For for me, it's... I did it out of respect. I was disappointed with myself, really. For not having got stuff through quicker. Quicker. I could sooner. have done it. Yeah. I just feel that everything I've got now, I could have had when they were here. You know? And, and I just felt like I procrastinated a lot. Because I had a fallback plan, maybe. and well, dad was always there. There was always... I didn't need to work. I promised them a house. One day, I'm going to get you a house. For such a great life that you've given me, you're going to have that house. No problem at all. And we're not at that position now. But... As a result of four kids, we have to rent a bigger house, which means we've got another house that I've I let my friend have. That could have been my mum and dad in that house now. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, he he don't need to be there. He's paying us a nominal fee. do not covered much, but it, it's just something towards. Um, and that could, have been, that could have been them in it. Mm. And you know, uh, so I knew I was capable of it, and it's just one of those things where I just think,
0: how much is it you and how much is the market though? Because if you're coming through a stage when obviously yeah. you're ahead of the curve in many ways, it yeah, takes yeah. a long time, particularly in no offense to Yorkshire, but <laughs> Yorkshire's never at the front of these sort of things no. uh, in, in technology and thinking differently and new waves. Um, Very true. London's a one place where they're going to be that step ahead and the, the, the early adopters and that kind of thing normally. Yeah. So, um, realistically, what was the market actually like? Would, would you have been able to get to that point at that yeah, stage?
1: I would have been able to. Would? I wouldn't have. Wouldn't? No, no, you're absolutely right. You know, And I tell myself that regularly. I wouldn't have, not not in this uh, arena. You know, if, if I'd have actually made it and I'd been in a position where I could have maybe um, given my mum a house and, and my mum and dad a house and that kind of stuff, maybe I won't even be doing social now. And I'd have missed this curve, mm. you know. So I, like, it's weird. I'm I'm massively grateful for the experience that I've had. I'm I'm saddened. I miss them very much, mm. but I I have to be massively grateful for the lesson that it's taught me, and it's taught me that not to procrastinate. You've seen opportunity. Don't think twice. Go for it.
0: And yet, one could also argue yes. <laughs> that every now and again a, a, a decent bit of procrastination actually gets you down a different path and gets you something better.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, whilst I'm in action, I'm constantly thinking. It's, 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 it, my mind never stops. I think that's probably why I'm currently at anywhere between 88 to a 100 hours a week working. You know, Monday to, to Saturday, every single week Without fail, And it's, it's like where it's like this constant whirring in my head all the time, uh, asking questions, thinking about my next move. Uh, even whilst I'm moving, I'm thinking, should I be doing this? Uh, and it's not too late to pull out, even if it is.
0: So when you say working 100 hours, you mean also strategic thinking as opposed to necessarily sat in front of a computer working or doing both at the same time? Unfortunately, doing probably 80% both at the same time. I
1: purposefully get up at four o'clock in the morning and try to strategically think when I get in here at five o'clock. So I get into the office at five o'clock in the morning and I try to strategically think out what I need to be doing for the next step. My business, I have this genuine desire for it to be national. I don't think small town, I don't think Doncaster or anything like that. I'm genuinely thinking I want 50,000 people on the system. How am I going to do that? i don 't look to um, local mentors for inspiration. I look to you know a lot more broader and wider than that thinking right how do they do it? Read those books try and reverse engineer how that was built and how that grew because that 's my genuine desire and I feel that we could get there um, but unfortunately, I am only me uh, and it's, we're at that kind of awkward bottleneck stage where we 're almost up to capacity and time to just to time to strategic think doesn't really happen properly. So I need to do something quick. <laughs> Borrow money, get investors in, that kind of stuff. That's the kind of like stage we're at now with the business.
0: Mm. Okay. And and sort you said this it's almost like two drivers going on to a certain extent but the but what would you say is the main thing that drives you in terms of why, why are you doing 100 hours a week and it's like those we've all had those ideas where
1: where you see something um, move on evolve and, and become something and I'm like I thought about that ages ago you're like the property market now you know we've got purple bricks we've got um, we've got Zoopla we've got uh, right move you know I, I have a business plan in my loft right now right at this moment in time where when the internet first created was created I had that nailed the whole concept the model it that it, it's as, as thick as the old yellow pages used to be this business plan and it's all laid out and done but I procrastinated I did nothing with it at that time in my life uh, and, and I had all the plans um, property preview it was going to be called or nest at that time the company was going to be called nest then the comp the furniture company nest p- purchased the url then i had to think about something else and oh it was just it was a nightmare so it's those things where I'm thinking ah that could have been me i don't want to be that person you know i want to be that person that says that is me um i i forgot myself once uh, i was in a bit of a battle, again with family, uh, and like, why do you bother, you know, this social media stuff, and this is at that time when um, it, it, it it wasn't really working for me. What had happened was we'd, we'd lost uh, our biggest client at 15 grand a month um, through um, a clash of opinions, basically. Um, you know, I said I was right, he says I was wrong, and I says, then we can't go on, let's forget it, uh, and he's like, Done, I'm like, oh dear. So I literally had to completely change my business model. When we first started, or when I first started Be More Social, I wanted to help people um, understand digital marketing. A friend of mine once says, you don't get anywhere in business being nice. And I'm like, well, eh, I think you can do. <laughs> um, and, and, and he just, that argument that I had with this guy just reminded me, that person keep telling me, you're not gonna get anywhere being nice, Rick. And I'm like, I only do stuff out of niceness because I want to help. So I'd lost all of that, I had to completely change my business model and I reverted back to when we first started 10 years ago or more, helping people understand social. But I needed to do it properly and I wanted to do it in a very disruptive way. To help pay the bills, what I did was I became a consultant, helping people going into businesses, back to being a freelancer again. Uh, and then I realised when I left those businesses, nothing happened. Mm. They, it just all went to, 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 to the wall basically. So I, count, I create this accountability package that from 500 quid a day went to 97 pounds a month and we held people accountable for their own success and that, that actually works and it, and it started to work. Um, so it, it, when I see that kind of stuff start to take on and quickly, I don't want to be the person that's let that opportunity go. So I'm constantly now thinking, I, I'm, I'm, I listen to people how they use the system. I listen to people that come and tap me on the shoulder, saying, "What are you doing now, Rick?" I show them, I show them the dashboard that we created. We had one person just give us ten thousand pound for one percent. So I'm thinking, if somebody's willing to do that, how good is this idea? Then we had another tap on the shoulder, saying, "What's happening here, Rick?" Is another ten thousand pound for one percent. So I, re- I rejected it basically. I said, "No, it's not something that I want to do. I want to." if everyone you know we've had three three offers of, of, of 10 grand for for one percent of the business i'm like what what's going off so now if they see something in what i've created i should start seeing it and believing it as well mm. i should start thinking okay take this seriously so they the 88 hours a, a, a week is me being an owner operator so i have to not only work in it i have to work on it as well So nine to five, I'm working in my business, becoming that person that has to deliver um, so that I understand this concept that I've created, which is a little bit different than disruptive. If I'm going to put somebody else in this role that I'm doing currently, can they handle it? Is my expectations of this individual gonna be too much? So I I have to do the eighty hours, because I have to work within it, so that I understand it fully, so that I can then pass on
0: them the sort of month or to somebody else so you see it's a short-term investment of time sweat equity as they call it in order exactly. to create the yeah. proper asset going forward yeah. um, I presume you've read things like E-Myth and Michael Gerber and that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and uh, cause there's just a couple of things in there that uh, ring true because I've seen stuff he does and, and one of the things is you'll never get rich on a product mm because the product will get nicked by someone else. Even Facebook, their product's been nicked by someone else. They may not be doing it as well or whatever, but the concepts are are there. So again, going back to your thing in the loft and the big business plan, that was always gonna get replicated. It's the systems that, that make the business. And that person that's gonna come in to be you doesn't need to be the same level as you.
1: No. I know and, and it's, but it's letting go isn't it that's another one that's really <laughs> but that's
0: where the systems if you've got the systems in, in place yeah. then it's the systems that you tweak and change you know the McDonald's model is, he uses all the time mm-hmm. um, uh, so you can bring someone in at a much lower level and then you should tweak working on the system to make sure that the system works for whoever comes in Yeah. which is then replicable Yes. because otherwise you've got to clone yourself and the cloning hasn't quite got to that stage <laughs> <laughs> Working on it.
1: (laughs) It's really hard, especially when you know you've got this thing that my hope is that it it, is disruptive enough to make a dent. I mean, we we've not gone out and done it purposefully, um, but we are in a fortunate position whereby people are coming to us and saying, "We leave this network group alone." You know what I mean? They're literally coming to us and saying, "Disappear," because. We want some work, you know, and it's like,
0: OK, I do want to be that nice person, but then I don't really want to do that. Well, nice is an interesting word. And again, it's one of those getting the balance right, because mm. you can be nice, but you can also be assertive. And that doesn't necessarily mean nasty. And it's all about boundaries. And, mm. and and at the end of the day, if when, you, when you're in a competitive market, if people are coming to you. You haven't done anything wrong?
1: No. <laughs> I think this is my answer to people. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just, I want to grow my business. You know what I mean? And, and one of the guys actually asked for a job. Uh, asked, asked us to buy his customers and said, look, I, I'll, I'll come and work for you. Uh, and that's like a, a, a really interesting position to be in now. Because mm. it's like thinking, maybe that's our growth model. Maybe we end up buying up smaller social media Consultancies and have those people work for us and convert them
0: into the same model. Mm. Um, was a question that came to mind there, which is completely gone now. But there <laughs> we are. Uh, so, so the, so there's, so there's a, yeah. I mean, a, yeah, is the letting go. I think, uh, as you say. So there's, because, because all the way through, you've, you've had to do stuff yourself, and everybody's told you you're not going to be able to do it, and you've been had to fight against the naysayers and all the rest of it and battle through. Therefore, it seems very hard to yes. let go because suddenly, yeah. in many ways, that's going against kind of what.
1: Yeah, I, I, I said something out of turn once, which is not kind of like me, and it, I, I, I got off on a tangent as I usually do, but one of the things were like with the, the, the naysayers are constantly, I mean, I'm like, for some reason, I, I want to build this business so much so that it, it becomes of service to so many more people than just people wanting social media. This accountability package is, is there to help hold everybody accountable for whatever they want to gain in life. So if it's they want to maybe lose weight, the system that we've built can be applied to that. If they want business consultancy, the system that we've built can be applied to that. And this argument we're going to and fro, it's like, when's it ever gonna work for you, Rick? You've been at it too long now. Nearly 10 years I've been working in social media and only really, truly, Yeah, even when we had the big carpet company in Meadowhall and that kind of stuff, I had lots of staff at that time. So we're still just making a living, but a good one. You know, I wasn't like ridiculously wealthy, but I had a decent wage, whereas I see this as being the future. Uh, And I I said completely out of character, I'm like, one day you're gonna be reading about me. And he's like, ah, that's a bit arrogant, isn't it? And I'm like, that sounded really arrogant, but I didn't mean it that way. I meant that I'm gonna create something that special and that cre- that 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 disruptive. That one day, my hope is that it's going to be written about. One day, my hope is that it's going to be that disruptive. That is going to add value and service. That this that somebody's going to say, this is the model that you should follow because it works like this. It works like that. It works like the other. Uh, and I didn't mean it would be you're going to be reading about me and, and that, that person. I don't think they likes me very much
0: anymore. But mm. but but you know, and I don't want to character assassinating but it, in, in, it's kind of like the, the doll cue mm. you walking down in the nice suit and everybody flicking fangs at you and spitting you sort yep. of thing That's that whole thing about you surround yourself with the the right kind of people so the people that don't see the vision that don't get it are going to be antagonistic towards it yep yep exactly that I mean
1: I deliver webinars every Wednesday evening and I got it was at that time where I'm thinking I'm trying my hardest here to make it work and we had like 10 or 15 people on the system, and at 97 pounds a month, very than nice, I had a full time developer, I was still getting into trouble at that point. Lots of trouble because this office is over a thousand pounds a month, and the developer I had at the time is he cost me money as well, so I'm still getting into trouble. I don't know how I'm doing it or how I did it at that point, but I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul and just getting into bother and behind on stuff. And that's at that point where people were saying you need to be thinking about. This social is not gonna work for you. And I'm like, You don't understand what I'm trying to do. You don't understand what's in here, and I can't explain it to you because you don't understand what I'm doing. You know, if you you understand maybe bricklaying or you know, working for the company that you work for, you don't understand my industry. So don't judge just yet. Yeah? And and, and this at that point when I says, One day you'll read about it, one day you'll be like, Oh, that's what you did. Okay, then. Well done, you. But you know, don't, don't, don't upset anything right at this moment in time until you've had the proof that it's going to fail. You know, even if we're getting one customer a day, or sorry, one customer a month, we're still growing as so long as we're not losing. You know, and now it comes to a point where we're getting potentially fifteen in a month because people are jumping on the system, and now I'm right, and I still don't have, have it in me to go ha. Told you so. Sometimes I want to, but but a large part of me is just like meh. Well they're
0: not reading about it yet either. So <laughs> really like, exactly. it's an interesting thing that you said there about proving that it fails. Mm. How do you prove that something will fail as opposed to it's not working yet? Yeah. Which to some may look like it's failing. Because and I'll set you the context here because there's this lot of stuff about persistence and keeping going and, and all the rest of it and you know, you need to be persistent to be a success and all that sort of stuff. But, of course, we only hear about the people that succeeded. Uh, I always remember an episode of The Apprentice Mm -hmm. and there was a guy, it was in the interview stage, and he had a business model. And, of course, he knows he's going to get challenged and tested. And so when he had Claude and Alan Sugar saying, you're wrong... He took on the persistent view, and he said, "I'm so passionate, and I believe in my model so much that I'm not going to change it." You know, because he thought he was being tested, and he believed in it. Mm -hmm. He got fired (laughs) (laughs) because his model was wrong. Yes, but but he he ticks all the boxes of being persistent. I don't care about the naysayers. I don't care about the people saying I'm wrong. I'm going to damn well do it. But he got fired. (laughs) So it's really difficult for some. uh, 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 Flip it back in again. Working with people who've gone through insolvency quite a few times, actually, the right thing was to let it drop earlier yeah. and to let it go because it can going on too long can cause as many problems as as dipping out too early. So it's a really difficult thing. Mm. To, it's easy to say persistence but it's very difficult to judge. When have you proven that it fails?
1: Yes. Yeah. It it, it is. And and you, those seeds of doubts uh, had uh, at some points crossed my mind, you know, but. I think you have to become, and and again, those experiences that I had when losing people, you have to become self-aware. I know when I'm good, I know when I'm bad. I know I've done something wrong, I know when I've done something right. And I'm very hard on myself, continually. And I I, I don't think I would flog a dead horse. And plus I know my industry inside out. The amount of work that I've left on the table because people can't afford my services is, is shocking. People always say, "If I had a pound for everybody, you know." And I and I used to get I, I I used to get sick of saying that. Well, if I had a pound for every startup that I've educated, I'd be a millionaire by now. So what I wanted to try and do was create a system that was as close to a pound as it could be, uh, and that was my ethos. And I think it, and and at my at that point I said I ain't gonna break a hundred pounds. I'm not gonna break that hundred pound barrier, even though I'm VAT registered, even though it's I have to give twenty quid to the government uh, as a result. You know, that kind of that kind of stuff. And and my earnings are slightly less. I need to make sure that this model gets created. So first of all, what I said set was my value benchmark, how much it was going to cost. And I built everything around that. Okay, we as an agency charge 50 quid an hour. So our next level down from what we do is, well, at that point, all I did was offer a Facebook group with webinars and that was 50 pounds a month. So I thought to myself, if I had a human aspect on there, we're able to build relationships, we're able to build um, a degree of physical accountability in there, I want 50 quid an hour, let's make it 100 pounds. So it just kind of all slots together. So an understanding of my industry and how much I want to earn per hour as a company, it just all kind of felt right and slotted together. And I just thought that it wasn't necessarily the fact that the concept wouldn't work, it might be the way that I'm explaining it. It might be the way I am communicating um the value proposition, so I went through many many different iterations of, of, of communicating that message, and I feel I got it right now. You have to be massively self aware
0: hm so if you were gonna you were talking to somebody let's you know, say we had another crash, mm-hmm. You're okay because you've got a different model. <laughs> yes. But you're speaking to someone who's going through what you went through. Yes. I'm guessing it's not, it's not a black and white answer as to what they should do. It's not a black and white answer, I suppose.
1: Um, I mean, I, I think we're crash-proof at the price level that we're at. I think we might actually get more customers as a result of the crash because the people that are spending five £600 a month will come down to us. Um, and how... I I'm not probably wired up correctly because I would say stick it out. Yeah, don't digress because I think that in some respects I could be wrong here, but in some respects it's almost a sign of weakness in your you your belief system, you your your own worth if you decide to maybe digress uh, for a short period of time. Um, you take your your finger out of an industry for a, a, a any length of time—six months, twelve months—you are so out of touch. Right, at this point of time It's unbelievable, and to get back up to that again, you may have missed out on your your your, your calling. Um, you know, if it's something that you know that makes you feel ill when you go back to it, then it's not for you ever. Um, but literally, if it's something that you love, you know, I'd rather earn. 20 grand a year doing something that I love than 100
0: grand a mm. year doing something I don't. Yeah, I, th- following the thing that you love, definitely. Um, stepping out 100% and, and the pace certainly is something like social media and that sort of thing which moves so fast. You, mm. You've you got to be out of it. Um, I would just question whether sometimes it's necessary to do something that, if you can keep your, your, your finger in the in the, in the industry but if you can step away and do something that may not be right for now in order to yeah. fund that to make that happen or whatever yeah. I don't see that as a weakness no I don't see that I mean the thing is that I would um... flexible flexible yeah that's the word the thing that
1: I had considered uh, back in the day before I, I managed to get a, a, a job and all that kind of uh, work coming in I'm going to work in a bar I'm going to work nights uh, so that I could work days because uh, my work ethic was always there when I used to freelance we used to work thirty six hours straight no sleep um you know and just literally work all the way through so the work ethic is is definitely there um it's just it's it's, it's i don't know persistence is it is just for me it's it's a horrible question that i don't like answering and and you I, I knew you'd probably ask it but it's I, I got frustrated once and I, and, I, and I got sick to death of reading those articles. Why 99% don't make it and just 1% do? Uh, and they always talk about grit, persistence, this, that, and the other, and I think everybody's got it. Everybody's got grit and persistence. So I just don't think those articles do what you really have to do justice, you know what I mean? And it, it kind of like grated on me a little bit. And I think it goes beyond that. It's how you handle your your mindset. For me, mindset is everything. It's got mm. nothing to do with grit and persistence because you can be really, really arrogant and have the wrong mindset. I'm going to do it, but procrastinate. I'm going to do it. And, and you know, I've got friends now that I speak to, I try to speak to. I'm going to be big, me, I am. And they're really, really persistent, but not in the right places. Mm. You know, And, and you know they don't have a plan. They don't have any goals. They don't do anything. You know, it's just unplanned persistence is
0: suicide. And I think other things you said, you know, make sense to me in terms of, you know, being self-aware, understanding, being confident within yourself. So I think being persistent about yourself works because the true entrepreneur, successful business, they've let lines drop and businesses close and all that kind of stuff. That's not failing. No. That's a strategic decision, confident within themselves that they're gonna be able to take things forward, but this, they've proven it's failed, it's yeah. not working. So diverting away from things is not in itself a weakness. It depends on the context and what's going on. Yeah. And I think that persistence is, is, is comes back to an internal thing rather than an external thing. I think you're right.
1: I think success that. is internal. You know, whereas before before my mum and dad died, I probably didn't have as much confidence in my abilities. Hence the reason why I had a, a little shop at the French Gate Centre and somebody says, oh, come and do this with me, Rick. You're good at marketing, you come and do this. And I was spread so thinly for fear of this main thing that I was working on not working. Uh, and and then, you know, miss them dearly. But I had to grow up. I couldn't talk to mum, I couldn't, you know, mom couldn't that's a good idea, love, isn't it? Yeah, carry on with that, you know. I'm like, I have to like, okay, then maybe it wasn't a good idea, you know, or or, or answer my own questions in my own head, you know, because I've got like quite a, an aggressive like family, it, it, externally of, of mum and dad, who's like really don't, not bothered, you know what I <laughs> mean, whether you fail or succeed, really literally like that. So it's, it's one of those things where you have to fend for yourself. So you have to make clever, sensible decisions. So I had to become self-aware. I had to become aware that I'm bloody crap at a lot of things. Like, communication is what I'm really, really poor at. Everybody want, uh, wants to work with, um, don't take this right, everybody wants to work with me. No, that, that's not what I mean, but like, there's a lot of people out there that, that want to work with, with, with who I am. Energetic, full of ideas, enthusiasm it never wanes it never wanes however the stuff that actually gets me in front of people and regularly in front of people I'm crap at returning emails making appointments that kind of stuff um, so I had to get to a point really really quickly whereby I had to take a, a ben on uh, my my business development manager and he makes my appointments and make sure that everything that I promised I could deliver on and all that kind of stuff um, and and that has certainly transformed my business. Understanding what you crap at and employing it in if and when you can hmm. is key for me. Hmm. It has been a life changer. Hmm.
0: Totally. So, some key questions. Do you feel safe? No. Will you ever feel safe? No. <laughs> Never. Will you ever stop working 100 hours a week?
1: no that was another thing I was going to say actually when you asked me that when, when when I mentioned that I worked that kind of hours I, I, by getting somebody else in I fear that it would the time would fill up with something else I would I'm now in that habit I think
0: what would you be scared of it filling up with
1: I'm not scared I, I'm I'm I, I what's a fear I want it to happen you know what I mean I want it to fill up with, with the thing the fear is is somebody coming up the ranks and 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 stealing the 10 years of education that I've had by nicking my idea. I've built this business through education and hard, expensive, heart-wrenching education. And and that's my fear. I have bled to get to this point internally. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't want anybody taking it away from me. It's gonna happen. I've got lots of ankle nippers even right now you know copying the idea copying the concept of 97 pounds a month and your digital partner not guru but they've got a digital partner and you know i'm like thinking ah I've bled, blood sweat and tears to get to this stage and then because now i'm i haven't really even gone public with the idea people I network with now know that this is what we do and this is how we do and people have shared the dashboard and all that kind of concept because they talk they become evangelists and then you know other people that we network with have, have kind of adopted terms and log on our dashboard and get this resource and all that kind of stuff and I'm like oh, really 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 understood what it takes to get to this stage or to this position that I'm in right now Maybe, maybe they would do it, maybe they wouldn't, I don't know. But that's what I'm scared of. Somebody else coming along and, and taking, just abusing the sacrifices that I've made. I've got four kids and, and I'm working at 88 hours a week. I have a Sunday with them. And, you know, I worked bank holiday Friday and Monday. Uh, and this week I've had to prime my wife saying, I ain't home. I've got this on Tuesday night I've got that on Wednesday night I've got that on Thursday night and I'm afraid babe on Friday I've got to take this appointment on. and it's just because there's only one of me and and I feel like I'm building this this national business that that has to be operated like a national business mm. it can't you can't my belief you you can't half-hearted because you 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 a Doncaster SME you have to operate it like it is where it's going to be. Mm.
0: But a national business won't rely on you or anyone like you.
1: No, no. It's just the resources right at this moment of time are just not there. Um, Back end of this month, if we hit target, they will be there,
0: you know. So the question again was, when does it stop? The 100 hours or 80 hours or whatever it is, but when does that stop? When I sell it.
1: I never thought I would ever say the words, I'm gonna sell Be More Social it was that much a part of me that it ain't going nowhere. Um, but I am actually building it to, to sell it. And I think because I've put that much into it, it's not upset me, it's not hurt me, I love it. However, I am comfortable with selling it.
0: Would you stop there?
1: No, I have another idea.
0: <laughs> My question was, when would you stop working? That number of hours.
1: That number of hours, probably in the next three years. That number of hours. I will probably go down to sixty hours. I think when you look at my industry, you know, and it's it's it, they're working fifty hours. They are working fifty hours. You know, uh, my 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 employed status was always seven in the morning till six, every day, you know? And that's when I was employed on a salary, didn't get any more for it, it was just expected. Um, you know, in London, it was, it was crazy. you messed about all day, you went to the pub for three hours for lunch, but yeah, you worked it up mm. in the evening time. Uh, and it's just the creative industry it's, it's 50, 60 hours plus.
0: Mm. Mm. It's just the, it, it's maybe where your focus shifts. Because mm. if you're gonna sell this business, you've gotta be 100% out of it yes. before you sell it. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. in terms of working in the business at that level, that sort of dropped off long t- long before you said
1: very, that. Very, very good point, yeah. Yeah, well, three years, I reckon. I, you know, my, my, my aim is to sort of um, move it on in five, in five years. At that point, we will have all the business models in place. We will have the, the weight loss, the business coaching, the full accountability package. And the company is, is, is under at least this one umbrella, and all of that process and the APIs and the, yeah, everything gets sold on on with it. For me, then to 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 move on and, and educate other people, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to have a pot, whereby I become where I just help people get a runner on that runner because I know exactly how hard it's been to get to this stage. For me to move on, I only need 50 grand in the bank so that I could just move on to the next stage. So I just want to provide that for people. I just want to say, right, okay, then I've got a million quid. Uh, I'm looking for 20 businesses, uh, 20 ideas that I can invest in, and I'm gonna house you in an office. I'm gonna become part of the business. I'm gonna help you get to where you need to be and tell you exactly what I've done wrong so that you don't do it as well. And what we've done right as well. And what I've done
0: right. (laughs) Knowing what I've done is really useful. Yeah. Getting things right also helps. (laughs) And we get the balance of both. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. I think we'll stop it there then. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Rick Courtney from Be More Social for your thoughts and your ideas. If you want to know more about what Rick does, then just go and tick Be More Social into Google. His website will come up and you'll be able to find more info about him there. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms. And so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle.